Zap Rootering the video of the crash. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, you mean? Yeah, yeah. the last one. <clears throat> because it's clearly crashing with like 200 yards before the start finish line. Yeah, they were like right, right. there. I guess that and this is one of those where like I don't know all the rules perfectly. The one thing that does happen is that the white flag graphic on TV on their scoring pylon shows up before the yellow flag graphic. And I don't know if that means that NASCAR like how synced up is Fox's graphics with NASCAR officials? Yeah, I don't know. This is well, this is okay. One of, this is one of those like, no, Michael, it's not right. Like, <laughs> is it so not right? <laughs> I mean, let's like let. Okay, so I mean, we can do a real intro in a moment. I mean, so if they crash on the if they crash when the white flag has been flown, it is the is the race over? Like, I, what's the baseline rule yes. here? The white flag is the penultimate flag. Last lap any, signifier. In any NASCAR race. White flag okay. is it. If it's yellow, then it's yellow checkers. If it's checkers, then it's checkers. That's the cool thing about the overtime rule is that it's green-white checker. You have to you're racing to the white, and then anything that happens after that happens. You're either, you know, gonna crash or you're gonna have somebody win the race at the checkered flag. The problem here is that they didn't get to do overtime because the crash was technically after the white, even though they were very much reckoned before they got to the white. Yeah, that's such a weird... (sighs) So weird. Is NASCAR always like this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well (laughs) yes and no Um, it is forever inscrutable Uh, there's that and yeah, here's, I mean, there's, there's the always, it, it's always like that in some ways, and in other ways, it's not. But I guess that's why we have a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like, and this is so, this is as someone who had not watched an entire NASCAR race prior to today in many years. My grandfather loved NASCAR, but he had, had passed a number of years ago, and. My mom doesn't care about it, and neither does the rest of the family. Um, so from that perspective, it's the college football of motor racing. <laughs> in the, oh, it's boy, just, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's real chaotic, real messy. Sometimes Liberty University shows up. We're not really sure why. <laughs> we all just sort of go, okay. Well, I will say, thank fuck that William Byron was not racing in the Liberty University livery. Oh my God. Oh my God. As him? The 500. Yeah. It's him that does the Liberty University livery? It is. Yep. I was so ready to like him. Well, I don't think it's entirely his fault that his car is 
right. sponsored like, that's not by really his call. <sighs> like he he is very he's like and I'll I'll say this the the Netflix show uh made William Byron to me the most likable Hendrick Motorsports driver, which low bar. I'm just gonna say <laughs> it's like how do you feel about the 2003 Boston Red Sox, Britt? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, who's your favorite one? <laughs> right. Uh, well, Javier Lopez did some cool shit later. So, like, sure. Like, it's very much that's the bar. Um, but William Byron, like, the net, the, the Netflix show made me like him more because uh, gamer complimentary. Real life Grand Turismo. Uh, yeah, I, I I was like absolutely like wow, real life Grand Turismo. That's that's kind of fun, and um, and it, it, like you know the idea that he's uh, I we okay. So in the in the group chat, Britt said that um, it the question of whether you like him is either gamer derogatory or gamer complimentary, which I think was perfect. <laughs> Or, or even which of those he is, because I don't think that they're not, I think they are potentially two distinct uh, taxonomies. <laughs> and it's right. just a question of which category you think he falls right. into. <laughs> okay, I, I think that makes sense. And, and I think I took it as like, obviously in the movie Gran Turismo, they do a lot of chatting about um, how people just hate gamers inherently for thinking that they could drive a race car. Right. And I, I think it's maybe also a little bit of that where it's like, do you think it's cool that sim racers can make a jump to real racers? Or do you think that's the dumbest thing of all time? Right. Do you, do you like that sort of like buck the system or do you find that just deeply uh, insulting to everyone else who has been racing a go-kart on daddy's money since they were five? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I've just seen a few times on my Instagram feed this week pop up Max Verstappen on his iRacing, getting pissed off when the Dutch national anthem plays yet again, and I can't stop Dude. laughing. And even Max, <laughs> even yeah, Max is like enough, enough. I saw that. I saw that, oh, and God. it really. God, I love him so much, and uh, I think that might be the same clip where his. Uh, where Kelly's daughter is coming in and he's like, please, you have to take a shower. You have yeah, to, please. He's like... <laughs> right, he's like he's negotiating like... with this like eight-year-old child to yes. She's gonna go take a bath. Like, <laughs> I am really uncomfortable with Max Verstappen becoming relatable to me in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, here no, we are at the start of the 2024 season. I mean, this I is the start of the 2024 season, and we should start our podcast officially with... Uh, I guess we should. I'm just going to do this one time. have been the sound of a cold Coors Light that I just opened, or I may have put a, a sound effect in from a pre-recorded can of Arizona iced tea, because the microphone does not always pick up the sound of the can opening when I You'll hit the opening know. of the can to open the show. 
careful listeners will notice that the sound is often quite identical. Uh, this is Casual <laughs> Die Hard. I'm Jesse from the internet. We have just watched the Daytona 500 oh. as we record this. Uh, Britt is here from the internet. Britt, uh, how was how was your experience watching oh. this race? You know, you know what? Here's the thing, right? I I need to just sort of acknowledge. I think that I'm genetically predisposed to like NASCAR because just (laughs) familially Mm -hmm. and culturally any sport that is basically like, well, um, we had to race the cops a lot because we were running moonshine. (laughs) So what if we turn that into a sport? Like that ethos is just really great and it's very much up my alley. So uh, it was fun. It was fun. And Addie is here from the internet. Addie, had you watched a Daytona 500 before uh, tonight? Never. This was not only my Brit. This is Brit's first NASCAR race in a long time. This is my first NASCAR race ever. I love this. It was absolutely fucking thrilling. I love that your first race after like professing your allegiance to Ross Chastain, he Ross Chastain himself just so, so perfectly as if to welcome you to this experience. So, okay, let me let me even tell the more fulsome version of this story. So, I had to teach Pilates this evening. And I um, had to teach at 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. So, I needed to leave the house at 5. I thought the race started at 4. They didn't start running those cars until, like, 4.37. So, I got, like, 20 minutes of NASCAR. And it was basically – got you a crash. Yeah, it was like already yeah. kind of insane. Yeah, so, there was a crash instantly. Weird. <laughs> there was an instant crash, and I was like, "Incredible, love that." Oh. So I go to teach, and I finish up, and um, you know, I close down the studio, and I fire up my phone, and the very first thing that happens is an eighteen car pileup, <laughs> just, just immediately. <laughs> And, but let me even mention, when I when I stopped watching, Ross Chastain was in 12th, which was amazing because he started 24th or something. He had basically doubled yeah. or halved his grid position. And I was like so excited about that. And I come back in and he's in first place. And I'm walking down the street and instantly 18 car pile up and they cut to Ross alone surviving and <laughs> flying down the track and I'm walking down the street and I gasped so loud and in that moment I I was just like here we go again <laughs> I, it, it was just a place that I've been before <laughs> And you know what? I I had the thought that cursed us in that moment. I thought, oh, way ahead of you. I thought, this is really like when Charlotte Claire's on pole and Max no! Verstappen wins. No, <laughs> and it, it just it felt it felt oh, so God. much. It felt so much like what it feels like when I watch Charles, and every single time I believe yep. he can do it, and every single yep. time he very nearly does and then yeah it's heartbreak so that happens i'm thrilled i'm walking home everything's good and then um i mean i don't know i'll just pause there because jesse i would like to know your experience because it sounds like you had the scary thought 
hours before. I did also have a text from you that said, Ross yeah. leading with 18 laps to go. This can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jesse was immediately like, no, this is not going to end well. I mean, I had the feeling early in the – when he – he – was the first one on the track in this race to try to make three lines and make it work and make it three wide. And I was just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. He is either going to put himself in the wall or put somebody else in the wall by the end of the day. It's happening. It's on. And then he's, he's out there in the lead. I sent you the text with 18 laps to go. I'm like, yeah, this is not good. And I'm like, but they get down and the laps are ticking down 15 and he lost the lead, but he got it, got back to it. And I think it was like 10 or nine laps to go. I turned to my family members and I was like, I think he can block them. I think he's got oh. this. Oh, no. They are absolutely 1000% going to wreck behind him. Uh-huh. And that is exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. But then, but then, after the red flag. Because he, he comes through that with the lead. He escaped. Um, a- after the red flag, you know, the things circle to where they get to with one lap left. And, oh boy, did I think he was actually going to get there. Because um, oh. you could see the move coming. And it was just that at the same time, that Ross Chastain was making his move to try to cut low and win the race. Austin Sindrick and that bottom line got a little bit loose. And when Sindrick got a little bit loose, he starts coming back up towards that same spot that Chastain was going for. They crash into each other and uh, yeah, William Byron wins the Daytona 500. Yeah. And the race is literally over. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the, the moment and oh, go, go. they scored they scored Ross 21st for the race because he was involved in the wreck. So despite the fact mm. that he crossed that white line, um, I guess, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. He didn't make it all the way back around. But like. That's that's just insult to injury is like you're yeah. running up there. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that would be judged. Well, it was so, dude, I, I I mean, I just, I do have to say, it was so goddamn thrilling to watch him try to make that move. Like, that was genuinely, I think, the moment that Na- that I, like, fell in love with NASCAR. I'm, I'm a high from it right now. Like, it was so, <laughs> I mean, there were so many things. It's like, I, I think that I had maybe looked down on NASCAR a bit because there's so many cars and you often – like I feel like anytime I see NASCAR clips, it's just like they're bunched up and they're going around in a circle and I'm like, okay, like what is this here? Right. I realized tonight that that to have a whole bunch of cars bunched up going around in a circle like that is so scary. Right, like it's an objectively, absolutely stupid thing to do at two almost two hundred miles an hour. Shit, it is absolutely an insane thing. And with those two laps within a second of each other, like sanity, and and then seeing them three wide like that. And then, by the way, let's just even let's just even back up and say the oval is fucking nuts. What the fuck is that? That thing is insane. It's literally on a 45 degree angle. Like the bank. 
crazy. Like the whole concept of the oval, which is another thing I think I thought was going to be boring. Like I think I'm like, no, I love my squiggly circle of a Formula One track. And I love my squiggly circle of a Formula One track. Mm -hmm. But the ovals, I understand now. I, You know, I've heard in interviews with drivers who do IndyCar talk about how an oval, if you grew up like karting with the Formula One guys, an oval is not something that you've ever really done. And it's absolutely fucking terrifying and really fucking hard. And I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, there was a. Did I send you guys this week the the clip of uh, Joey Logano talking to Carl and Carlos? It was like a shell oil spawn con. Yeah, go ahead, Britt. It was, it was it's beautiful. fantastic. Yeah, it's Charles and, and Carlos and Joey Logano talking about, and they're just like trading notes of like, wait, so how long are your races? And like, wait, so you don't do X, Y, Z. And they're just like, and it was really interesting because you could tell from both sides, it was very much like, wow, what you're doing sounds really hard. And just sort of, it was nice to see the acknowledgement that like, they're both very difficult things to do just in different ways. And they're sort of only similar in like some very kind of broad strokes kind of ways because they're, yeah, are so different and the, the strategy of it is so different and just like the length of the races and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And so like, but when you think about it, it makes sense, right? Like a banked oval is an insane thing to drive on at that speed. It's Um, crazy. The kind, and if you're, but if you're used to that and somebody puts you in an open wheel racing car and tells you to like take one of that chicane at spa that kills (laughs) kills people on the regular, like that's going to also seem insane. They're just like, they're both probably things that no human should really actually be doing just like for shits and giggles just in very different ways (laughs) yeah and and that that really hit me tonight of like just how i mean it, it it is so different and it is so fucking insane and my heart was literally racing as they're on those last two laps and to see i was thinking about like the moment when they all hit which I have experienced with the Formula One cars, but they were there was nothing like that of of twenty of them together, and you get like you know the moment that Max would come down the straight when we were at Coda, I mean it's insane, it's bone shattering, so loud, it's the coolest thing ever, and then you sit there for eight seconds, and then like finally Lewis Hamilton comes around, and then like a, you know a, a second passes, and there's Carlos signs and right, and it's. Running, it's crazy every time and it's so loud. I was just struck by how like physically imposing it is to see all of them coming like three wide fucking flying in the oval like that past you. Like it took my breath away. The thing I will give Fox credit to, credit for too, is that I think their production does a really good job of working in like the onboard cameras and the cameras that are like attached to the cars Mm -hmm. in different ways and giving you different angles. And so you're getting the driver's angle and you're getting the angle of like from the, you know, the bumper effectively of like the car right behind the crash or the car right up front in front of everything. And like, I think that is something that formula one is missing that I think, I think NASCAR is a better TV product. I'll be very honest. Well, We've talked about this too, that part of the problem with Formula One's TV product is that they are 
I mean, never mind the fact that we're only getting the Sky broadcast here via ESPN and that it's not like a dedicated thing and that ESPN, if they were doing it themselves, you know, maybe they would give you a little bit something different. But that Sky's whole product is geared toward buy our Sky premium package so that you can touch that magical (laughs) red button that only British people have to watch whatever cameras you want. You, Press the you red button the on your Sky Sports remote. Right. We fought a war so we didn't have a red button, you whiny <laughs> bastards. <laughs> NASCAR is and NASCAR is, is ahead of that both because I mean for one thing, Fox and NBC split the season. So like they've kind of gotta have their ducks in a row as a league and they do right um their youtube and social content is fantastic and and honestly fox and nbc do a good job as well because they know that they got to compete with each other i prefer it does sort of raise the bar honestly fox stepped up its game getting kevin harvick in there i thought he was really good tonight he was good um okay so i have two two things to say the first is just to close the loop Mm -hmm. the way that it felt watching them and then the moment that I saw Ross go for it that I was like that's that's it and it was it was I I think it was the two Hendrick cars who they were saying were kind of like what they were very much going to make a move maybe one of them was going to scooch over let the other win like and I was very intrigued by that but you could see Ross just like there kind of like hanging out and he went for it in that moment and I literally (laughs) screamed in my house like it was (laughs) It was it was a moment that you, or at least last season, with my first dedicated watching of Formula One, we didn't really get moments like that very often. There there were no. flashes of it where you get that like last lap over last lap overtake of Charles going for it over Checo in Vegas, or the week before with Nando overtaking Checo on the last lap. But it was like. That moment when they're all up there and someone has to make a move right before the checkered flag is really thrilling. And that, like, I'm very curious if that's pretty normal in NASCAR, but it was also watching Ross cut in and and go for it that I also fell in love with him. I was like, I, I, I love and respect so deeply that he went for it. I want to root for the guy who's going to fucking go for it. It, like, it was extremely, it was so, like, if you see a gap and you don't take it, you are no longer a racing car driver. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's Ross. Absolutely. That is Ross Chastain, and that is why I love him. And I love it. I don't think you, you will not get this every week. Um, you you will get it occasionally. You will often get it at, at Daytona and Talladega. What you will get is... It's a different viewing experience because you can watch the whole race. You can also wait until the seventh inning of the Mets game on Sunday afternoon and then flip over and see how the last 10 laps of the NASCAR race are going to go. Because it'll either be like somebody's getting pit strategy done or somebody is running away with it or uh, you're going to get a chaos finish. And, And that is... That's what overtime does. Overtime gives you that chaos finish. And sometimes 
folks around NASCAR like to um, insinuate that maybe sometimes they throw out a late caution uh, just for an, an entertainment caution. Um, for shits and giggles. Yeah. Um, Again, and honestly, football of motor wait, racing. I don't, do, I'm not. Do they do that? I mean, uh, there was debris on the racetrack. Well, that's the other thing is that one of the things that, that Joey Logano and Charles and Carlos were talking about was that NASCAR guys are on their radio all the time. I mean, they have to be because they're in communication with the spotters. Yeah, they're spotters are, in their ear like the, for four hours. Like, But having the spotters also means that you have somebody who is yelling at NASCAR all afternoon. Hey, there's, there's, there, I, I think I see there's a piece of somebody's tire came off in turn one. Got to get that cleaned up. Throw that yellow, throw that yellow. Right. Um, to play late in the race. Right. So. If, imagine if Christian Horner could see the entire racetrack at any given moment. The, <laughs> the chaos that he could cause. Just for being like, hey, no, there's some stuff over turn five. Ah. I mean, I I feel like we should have that be a thing. I feel like that should be implemented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and it's so, like, it's so fascinating to I mean, and just kind of like see the way that the lines form as well, and the way that like the the mega crash was just a little wiggle, just like the the slightest moment of a zigzag on. I think it was the inside of the second line, and it just was the immediate and absolute domino effect of an eighteen car pileup. It was stunning, and and even that, I feel like certainly not last year. I mean, we didn't really have a crash that took out a third, I mean, half of the field? Like, how many people are even left after that? Right. Because the thing is, is that in Formula One, even if there's a really, really major crash and it's like somebody goes into the barrier and there's car parts all over the track and whatever, it's going to actually involve, like, maybe three people. If it's Mm. more than one person, it's already, like, kind of noteworthy. It's going to be maybe three. But... Anything more than yeah. that, like they're not running close one. enough together that right. if something happens ahead of you, you've got time to get out of the way. Because even though you're going at insane speed, you're not all bunched up the same way most of the time. So, okay, this actually leads me to, I started taking notes because I had so many questions and so many favorite things that were happening. And this leads me to two of my questions, which is, I love it. is it fair to say that there are more crashes generally in NASCAR? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. In Formula One? We, by yeah, orders I mean, of we, ex- <laughs> for, we expect crashing constantly. Absolutely. And I think that the cars are built for it. I, I think you were probably out at Pilates at the time that this happened during tonight's race. But, like, Kyle Busch had a moment where he was running top five and tried to cut across and just – turned his wheel a little bit too much and slammed like into the wall, just yeah. totally slammed the side of his car into the wall and then bounced back into line and kept going. The cars do that. Like if a formula one car had done that, um, it would have been red flagged while they cleaned up <laughs> all of the little tiny bits of car <laughs> off of the track. And also maybe someone would have like died. Quite possibly. Well, so that, yeah. I mean, that, that's the other thing is like, um, so 
how many people actually like DNF'd because of that crash? Like, did most of like, them get back in? Uh, no. Oh, that the big the big one the big one the like eighteen. I think it was. I think like yeah. ten of them at least ended up not getting in. Let's see. Okay, but I mean the fact that ha- that means was out, slightly, was out. That means slightly less than half of them survived that and get seven. back in. There seven. Were seven, seven no. from that rack that didn't get back in. Because those are the cars that finished ahead of Michael McDowell, but behind uh, Jimmy Johnson. Good good on Jimmy Johnson for finishing after Uh, getting collected in a big one on lap six. When they showed him, like, and he was, like, three laps back of the pack, like, right at the end, I was like, whoa, he's still there. Good for you. Like, totally totally assumed he he was already, in the garage at that point. He also it, it provided us with important footage of the wreck via the uh, Creed Tour in car camera <laughs> yeah. that his car was outfitted with. Mm. Okay, sponsorship come together. I have, I have so many questions. The Creed Tour. The Creed Tour sponsoring Jimmy Johnson's number eighty-four Toyota. It makes it's a perfect marriage to me. It makes more sense than anything ever has. <laughs> right, Creed, Creed on tour in the year of our Lord twenty twenty four is uh, the perfect NASCAR sponsor in so many ways, and especially for Jimmy Johnson driving in the year of our Lord twenty twenty four. Right, we are collectively going back in time a little bit here. <clears throat> you know, so, I I want to take this opportunity too to say Jimmy Johnson, that is awesome for him to like still he's a he's part owner of legacy motor club now. And that's, you know, the former Richard Petty team. So he's like doing stuff with Richard Petty and that's really super cool. Um, and he's still driving the car, um, from time yeah. to time like this. And just the contrast between him and the week that he had like qualifying and driving the car and all of that. And Jeff Gordon, who I've professed my distaste for before, but I, I want to put this in, the standpoint of what Jeff Gordon is doing now in his role as um, Hendrick Motorsports stooge, um, which was to go on Dale Jr.'s podcast and do the proclamation that Hendrick Motorsports has lost money for each of the last 10 years. Like, buddy, I've paid attention to Major League Baseball. I know how this works. I'm sure that Hendrick Motorsports on paper has lost money each of the last 10 years. Yeah, you find you find a, a talented and also a uh-huh. soulless CPA. You can make anything look right on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think Rick Hendrick has been in the red each of the last 10 years. No. Uh, what was that, his point with that? Just like, oh, we're doing it for the love of the game or we're whatever? Doing, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. And this is why I talk about that guy's just, he's machine. Jeff I, Gordon is machine. I, I, I want to like him because he was such a thing growing up because we but, are from the same area. And mm-hmm. it was like such a novelty when he was first, um, when he was first racing because it was like, it was not like a NASCAR hotbed or anything. Um, and it was like really, really cool. But yeah, that's a, that's a very, that's a very lame argument. We all, but we're now not idiots. We all know is, that's not true. driven by, uh, it's not. It's uh. It's Oakland A's math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. So, um, 
are they like are are they Red Bull? Like who is the Hendrick <laughs> Formula One equivalent? Yeah, Red yeah probably. It's Red yeah. Bull. Okay. Um, are any of the races not in ovals, or is it an exclusively yes. ovular sport? There are. Uh, it's mostly ovals. There's three main types of ovals. There's uh, the super speedway, uh, which you saw tonight at Daytona. Oh, Talladega. that was another one of my questions. What makes something a super speedway? Uh, it's gigantic. It's two okay. In, uh, Daytona and Talladega, I think, are both. Well, Daytona's two and a half miles. Um, I think Talladega is maybe like two and a third. Okay. They're pretty close. But they're more than two miles. The The intermediate and kind of standard track is a mile and a half. Um, and then there's short tracks, which are either a mile or a half mile. Like Dover's a mile. That's the Monster Mile. Martinsville and Bristol are half mile tracks. That sounds um, terrifying. And those t- it is. They are racing at about 70 to 80 to 90 miles an hour for a lot of those races. Yeah. Um, how Like, how do just, you turn that much that often? Just constantly. Like, blowing my mind. It's, uh, it's fun. We'll get to it. We'll get to it, it over the course of the summer. <laughs> it's really wild to me to think of that as the same sport. You know what I mean? Like, those mm-hmm. feel so different. Like, when I've watched NASCAR in the past, it was so casual that I don't think I really, like, like, I knew the tracks were just slightly different styles and different lengths and stuff, but I don't think I realized it was that big of a difference. Yeah. And that just and seems then absolutely insane. To range from half a mile to two and a half miles? Yeah. <laughs> like And from, like, 70 miles an hour to... 200 like yeah right pushing 200 like that's crazy and you have to be able to do all of this right which does sort of i guess uh make the way that some of them will go from like a truck series race to like the i forget what the other oh. the xfinity yeah, the xfinity race like night to night or whatever and like that seems crazy because like those are totally different vehicles but uh what do you think about the fact that just a regular nascar track is going to be completely totally different things from yeah it's like let's potentially i guess it makes sense let's play arena football one day and canadian football the next that's (laughs) right Right. we're going to alternate between like standard nfl rules uh, Canadian football, arena league, and like we'll bring in some Aussie league occasionally. Like, yeah, because Addy, to answer your initial question, yes, there are road courses. They are um, they go to Coda. <laughs> um, they go to Coda, cute. Yes, which was sort of again. I will link um, from the show notes of this the the clip of uh, Joey Logano with Charles and Carlos. Yeah, it's like I need twelve to minutes, that. and it's it's great. It's really enlightening. Um, and they were talking about how, like, the – I think the lap times for NASCAR are, like, 30 seconds slower at Coda than, than F1. Wow. It's, That's like, way – It's way slower. Um, hmm. But it is 
it's the same sport, but a totally different sport. So how does qualifying work? And and like, what were you watching earlier in the weekend, Jesse? Like what would that you were saying is kind of like their version of a sprint? Like what, okay. what, what leads up to, what do we call them? The, the Grand Prix? The Grand <laughs> I feel like Prix. no. Cup race. The cup uh, race, okay. You race on Sunday. Uh, usually, usually qualifying is just like a lap. Um, you just go out, run, run a lap. And, uh, then there's like a second group after that. I don't really watch a lot. I hardly watch NASCAR qualifying and I've watched not enough to really totally understand it because it's not, it's not nearly the excitement of F1 because it's everybody taking Mm. turns. Okay. One is like crazy chaos. Um, sometimes the most exciting part of the weekend. Um, most of the time for NASCAR, I don't care. But for Daytona, it's different because they have uh, regular qualifying for the pole. Like Joey Logano won the pole by sitting. Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Um, he got the pole by winning the the duel. Right, Brett? Am I? Yes. I can't remember. What yes. My my primary memory right, of, had, of this weekend was oh my god, the, and your car's yes. on fire. So yes. <laughs> Um, right. They had the one, the one lap qualifying was for the duels and then the duels, um, were set the qualifying order, um, is, is how that worked. Are the duels literally just like head to head, two guys going at it for a while? The the duels are twin 125 mile races that they had during the week. And it is specific to the Daytona 500 because part of it is because like, and the, the race that they had at the college at the LA Coliseum, the clash used to also be at Daytona until they took it on the road to try to make it like more of a, of an entertainment product for Fox. It used to be that it was like all speed weeks at Daytona. And that this was the first time that everybody was getting their cars set for the new season. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that, like, instead of simple qualifying, you have these mini races that lets everybody get a little bit more information on their cars and all that. Right. You want to see how your car behaves okay. when it's actually, like, drafting behind somebody else and in sort of real real world just as it were, and, scenario. And it was interesting that, uh, you know, Ford was on the pole. Uh, Toyota was... Uh, Dominant in the 125s, and then Chevy won the race. So, oh, oh, okay. I want to talk more about that. That yes. that is really interesting to me, and that's very interesting to know. What? Okay, so during the race, at one point near the end, the announcers. Which, let me just say, as an aside, this made me so proud to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> I um Elizabeth said it when we had our NASCAR episode, but she she was like, you know, there really is something about when you watch F1 and you get that like, you know, the joy of it being this like very luxury, bougie European sport. Like that's a fun, you know, the aesthetic of it is enjoyable. And and that there really is something though about watching NASCAR and being like, these are my people. This is who I really am. This is who I really am. Like, I'm just a girl from Utah. I right. I come from a Republican family. You know, like it was. Right. Just, 
I'm going to watch SEC football on Saturday and NASCAR on Sunday, maybe. Yeah, and it was just like hearing this like absolutely horrible rendition of the national anthem with Mm. all the blonde wives and girlfriends out there on the track with them, seeing these just like, just the like, and then, and then it really was driven home to me by the perfect, beautiful Southern accents of the announcers. Like it was just like, it was like music (laughs) to my ears. It felt exactly like what you should be hearing here. Like I'm so used to fucking crofty and this like British uppity bullshit like it felt so beautiful and good to just be like no this is who I am like this is who I am and you know what this is who Logan Sargent is and I feel safe knowing that he's out there representing us but that's that's just a side quest that was phenomenal um so what is the deal with the manufacturers and like what are the like is there sympathies across teams if you share a manufacturer do you is is it just like kind of competition among the three of them to know like what's the deal there yeah i mean it's it's all i mean how it's so fucking american like i am from brooklyn first and new york city second and new york state third (laughs) and the united states of america fourth right uh Ross Chastain races for Ross Chastain first, track house second, Chevrolet third, and the United States of America fourth. <laughs> I, just, I, ha- I have to interrupt very briefly because I have I have to share this quote because you just made me think about it. And it's totally unrelated. But um, last year at the College World Series, BT B- Riafel, who was catcher for the Gators last year, who is now... Working in finance, God bless him. Um, t- told one of their one of the like sideline people or whatever during the College World Series. We're, we're, I'm, I'm playing for two things: the University of Florida and Jesus. <laughs> and he, I think he, I think he said Gators, not University of Florida. Gators and Jesus. And I was just like, he. It was so totally earnest. That I like couldn't even laugh at it. I was just like oddly charmed by it because it's such a it's such a cliche of like an SEC athlete being like my team and Jesus. That's what we care about. Like it was mm-hmm. just it was perfect, and I love him. Well, Jesse, so, I feel like you could just tack that on as five. It's got to be like Ross Chastain first. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, and Jesus and Jesus. Is Jesus before or after watermelon? Oh, that's an mm. excellent question. For Ross Chastain, I've got a second. Yeah. Ross Chastain first, Pitbull uh, third. For me, I would argue they're the same thing. God and watermelon are one and one and the same, and mm. I'm dead serious about that. What about Pitbull? I mean, dude, Dolly. let's just okay, <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say, I was on a little weekend getaway with some friends this weekend, and I am pretty sure that what caused this is I put Tim McGraw's I Like It, I Love It, because it's a great fucking song, on the shared playlist. Yes. That is an amazing and then, song. I think that the shared playlist Former Nashville into... Predators goal song. Oh, oh my God. I forgot about that. Oh, I can't wait to listen to it again when we get off of this, because it's just <laughs> such a good song. So, um... I'm pretty sure that that me putting that on the playlist bled like 
it, the playlist ended and I think it just kind of like went into Spotify radio and all right. of a sudden there was like a Pitbull remixed yes. I like it I love it by Tim yes. McGraw and I literally was like I literally was like in a different room than the speaker and I like ran into the kitchen <laughs> and was like what is this and my friend goes it's the Daytona 500 version <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, what? <laughs> I love everything that's happening right now. I mean, are I, you aware of what else is on this album? Uh, you sent a song from it today too. I did. What was it? I didn't. I I don't remember what it's it was. It's called "Powerful Women," and it's a Pitbull Dale Parton uh, collab. <laughs> You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding, I'm not kidding me. You. <laughs> Pitbull and Dolly Parton. And he does say Dolly. <laughs> uh, like, I, I, like, my jaw is like actually oh, on the floor mm-hmm. right now. I'm sorry. Dolly Parton has ruined me. I don't even know what to do with that. It's incredible. I'm, as Elaine, as Elaine says, I am, I am speechless. I am without <laughs> speech. Without speech. I mean, oh, except for except for I'm not. I never really am. That's unreal. So he's a part owner of Ross's team. Yeah, Trackhouse. Trackhouse is a part uh, owner of Trackhouse. It's him and this. I didn't get the best read on this Justin Marks guy. Um, he was featured a little bit in in uh, Full Speed, the NASCAR show. Yeah, not much. Um, he though. seems kind of rowy. But like yeah. I like, I like what he's doing. I like his idea to be like, yeah, we've got Pitbull on board, and we've got to find like a drivers who are going to be impactful. Um, I'm so like that was for me, and I can't wait until you've had a chance to watch this too, Addy. Is like William Byron really doesn't feel like he fits Hendrick all that well outside of like being kind of like this special awkward prodigy like the special awkward part prodigy part fits for Hendrick but mm, like he seems okay. like there's too much personality to be part of <laughs> the machine so who's the other Hendrick uh, driver they've got uh Kyle Larson Chase oh, Elliott right. they have and a Alex whole bunch. yeah they've okay. got four awesome fucking drivers and that was an underrated I think part of the story tonight is that what happens after the red flag and the way that Ross loses the lead and has to get back, you know, and, and try that crazy ass move at the end that winds up, you know, uh, hmm. no guts, no glory. I just um, crossed myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that it, it, the Hendrick cars were up there and I think that it was Chase Elliott who, lifted off the gas a little bit and as a result wasn't pushing Chastain the same way that he was before and that kind of allowed the other line with Byron to to move up to the front because that other lane like Elliot kind of took himself out a little bit that way but that's that's where teamwork can come in is that like who you're pushing and also who you're not pushing is right. like such a big part of it. Like who you're not helping. Okay. So I, that, that is 
a great I'm, – I'm glad you called that out. Um, because I was curious to talk about what the teammate vibe is like in NASCAR because I, I – in, in between finishing the race and recording this, mm-hmm. I was like NASCAR is my life now and I started the NASCAR show. Um, and I, I caught a moment of somebody saying – that having a teammate is like playing sports with your brother. If you can't win, <laughs> if you can't win, you really want it to be him that wins. Which I thought was funny because that is not how I would describe the relationship between teammates in Formula One. <laughs> well, and I also think it's particularly funny because that literally came while you were in Pilates, <laughs> Ryan Blaney made a move on Austin Sindrick right at the end of the second stage. Mm-hmm. It was a and beautiful move. It was a beautiful move. And Ryan Blaney had specifically said earlier in the day, like, I'm not gonna, I don't give a fuck about my teammates, basically. He said it in a nice way, but it was in a basically like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really concern myself with that, with their strategy or anything that much. Like, I'm racing, I want to win, the rest of it'll happen or it won't. Like, so it's, it does just sort of uh, belie the, well, but if you can't win, like, maybe that's true, but, like, if you you want to win. Right. Like, I feel... Anything else. You want to win. <laughs> I feel like I would describe, like, most of the teammate vibes and relationships. Like, if I can't win, I hope I take you out with me. <laughs> well, that was the story of... What oh, was it? Friday night Friday when they night. actually raced in the yeah, Arca yeah. race? And yeah. Oh boy, that was um, so. The lower levels of, yeah, of stock car racing be. actually have some women in them. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch Haley Deegan in the Xfinity race after we get done recording this. But trucks, a uh, couple of ladies, and the Arca race uh, brought us Tony Bridinger, uh getting wiped out on lap four by Gus Dean, um, whose father is uh, Charlie Dean of Dean Custom Air in Bluffton, South Carolina. And Dean Custom Air sponsored the number 55 car uh, that was teammates (laughs) with Tony Bridinger and led to her uh, saying, I don't know what he's doing, but his daddy writes the checks. So I guess he's, it was just beautiful. And it it was a, yeah, it and was a... spot on right because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the race, she wasn't uh, wrong. Like, um, I want to. Another another one of their teammates to win the race after basically like the twenty. Uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was the twenty in this race, and Gustine was driving the fifty-five. Twenty had like dominated the race, and they had a caution late. And they were going to do one lap to end it. And the smart thing to do would be to have a teammate finish. And that was what their plan was. Uh, Teammate finish. We'll go one, two. Nobody can stop us if we work together. Um, Gustine did not want to work together in his part-time ride. And he decided to go ahead and win that race and wreck the other guy. So he wrecked like all of his teammates. Yeah, Um, it was... Not, not his best that's day. Developmental series for NASCAR. Well, it was his best day. He won. He won at Daytona. Well, I mean that's true. So it's so if you, I mean, I, I do think it's like fundamentally, obviously, you want your team to win. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
then there's also a bit of like, if your team can't win, you want another Chevy to win? Is that like a real kind of like a f- like affinity among them? Or is it more that like the Chevy fans want to see a Chevy win? The Chevy fans want to see a Chevy win. But the other reason that I think that it comes into play is that you saw it tonight where like the Chevys all pitted at the same time. Yeah. So they're kind of, they're they're sort of working together. That way they all, I don't know how much data is shared across everything, but like it's enough that like the Chevys are all pitting at the same time. The Fords are all pitting at the same time. Okay. That's interesting. And it seems like Chevy's the dominant or generally were today the dominant manufacturer. Ford has won the last two championships. And- Okay, Ford. Yeah, and today uh, was but, just today was so weird that I don't know that like I think the Fords generally looked good. I don't know that any one manufacturer really necessarily ran away with it today. Yeah, I think I think it's it's pretty even right now, I would say. I don't think there's like a particularly dominant manufacturer. And I think that's you know, that's how NASCAR likes it. Um yeah. historically <clears throat> You know, Chevy is the brand of Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, and Jeff Gordon. Um, not Richard okay. Petty, but right. good and enough. Addy, I will say, too, to add a, an extra fun layer to the, like, oh, where do allegiances lie? Then you have the Denny Hamlin scenario. <laughs> okay, say more. So de- Beautiful. Yes. I think I just learned about this. Oh, my yeah. God. Please yeah. say more. Yeah. So, well, so Denny Hamlin has been in, been racing for a million years. He's older than me, which feels ancient in sports years. Um, and he owns how, how he is part, he? early forties. He's barely okay. older than I am, I think, but he is technically older than me. I'm pretty sure. Um, but he is part owner of twenty three eleven with Michael Jordan, but he does not mm-hmm. race for twenty three eleven. <laughs> Right. Okay. That's what I just learned in yeah. the Netflix series. Yeah. How the fuck is that not a conflict of interest for one Mr. Denny Hamlin? What sure does wonder, don't you? Uh, it because it it sure is. <laughs> right. At I least mean, they're the both Toyotas. <laughs> right. Like there the was... answer is it definitely is a conflict of interest, and everybody's just decided they're okay with it. Like. <laughs> I mean, is it, if there's that's something Formula One understands quite well, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is very. And there, there was like some potential for drama when Denny's contract was up at the, I think it was the end of last year, where it was like, is he going to stay? What if he's not with Toyota anymore? Then like, what happens to twenty three eleven? Is he going to take twenty three eleven with him if he goes to Chevy or Ford? And then, right, like that's a whole. There's a lot of do? weird moving parts there potentially. Well, okay, so the other thing I, I learned from my beginning of watching the show is that Denny just has, like, a podcast where he just, like, <laughs> talks about race strategy and, like, you know, taught, like, roots for his the team he owns and, like, vi- and, like just does vibes, I guess. <laughs> and I was just, like, imagining if, like, because obviously the concept of the Max Verstappen podcast became a big meme last year. I was just, just going to say that I feel like Denny's <laughs> podcast is very much like when, um, when Max would like stream his iRacing. 
But I feel like it's crazier than that. It's crazier than that. Like it, it is, but like the vibe of the content is similar. A hundred percent. It's it was so like that. That is a big. That's a big duality. Like the Formula One world is a Twitch world, and it's clear that the NASCAR world is a podcast world. And it was just so funny to me, like to imagine. I don't know. I feel like it would be like Fernando that would maybe I'm just being ageist, but like I think it would be like Fernando who would have this podcast and like imagine him being like, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the strategy for Lance, like, <laughs> right, right. It's fair. Oh my God. It's, it's very funny. It's very funny. The thing with Denny Hamlin, right, is that I, I'm not going to say I don't like Denny Hamlin. But I think what prevents Denny Hamlin from being a full on like, oh, my God, get this dude out of my face is just the fact that NASCAR is fundamentally different from Formula One in terms of like who who has a shot on any given weekend. Like, I don't have to go into it feeling like, oh, well, Denny Hamlin's going to fucking win this one. Like you can be so much more annoying and not reach Max Verstappen levels of annoying. If there is a very I mean, real likelihood I'm going to watch you lose on any given week, like. They said tonight, like how Denny Hamlin said that he needed to be selfish going into the race and that he was going to be selfish. Today. Oh, my God. And yeah. We were watching that in the living room here and like. <laughs> yeah, that's. Every single day? Right, right. I'm going to be that, selfish today, right, Denny my, Hamlin. My first thought was I, definitely like, is there a time when that has not been true? Because I feel I like no. That. <laughs> I clocked that as well. And even I was like, because he's normally very selfless in a race. <laughs> right, like that is not, that, and that's not even like a knock on Denny Hamlin. That's just like, that no. is not how this whole scenario works. <laughs> this is, this, this is motor racing. They went motor racing, Toto. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh. the end of my notes for this get really funny. First of all, I'll spoil it and say there's a single note from starting to watch the Netflix NASCAR show. at the. It's the very last one. And it just says, is it not a conflict of interest for Denny to own and race? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, I put down three quotes. At the end of my notes are really funny. This is a quote from a person I have identified as Ryan Blaney, parentheses, sexy. (laughs) I love that. Nice. And it was when (sighs) he said, they're interviewing him after the big old pileup. And he says, proud of the 12, shame we tore up a couple race cars, but we'll be here next week. (laughs) And I literally was like, okay, hot. (laughs) Oh, God. I I think that's something to remember about Ryan Blaney is he won the championship last year. He had a fucking miserable summer. Like he got into he was in the playoffs because I think he won a race early pretty early in the season. Um I'm not exactly sure, but like he had just the worst slump in the middle of the season. And yeah, like that's that's the thing is that you can have a big slump in the middle of the season and still win a championship in NASCAR. Um, it's a lot more American that way. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, and this uh, is 
I mean, the, the concept of the playoffs is so American. Like, it really oh, yeah. wasn't until oh yeah. oh yeah, it really wasn't until I started dating boys who like soccer. Just to be completely honest, that I understood that there's no playoffs. It's just like it, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? It's like obviously the best team all season should be the champion, and yet there is something. Like it's oh, like obviously I hate it. if the Dodgers, I, I hate right. it though. I am like, it's I'm like, so allergic to the concept. I'm like, absolutely not. That is, that is not how this agree. works. And it's like on a logical way. It's like especially if I think about baseball. It's like the Dodgers win 112 games in the season. Like, yeah, they probably deserve to be the Major League Baseball champions. No, nope, fuck them. Right, right, but it's like, but actually, don't the Dodgers deserve better, fuckos. The Dodgers deserve to have an absolute fucking collapse in an elimination game in the playoffs, and that's the American way. And it right. feels so right to me that like you should have to get to the end of a season and have absolute nonsensical, pure chance in so many ways decide the ultimate victor. I think that yeah. just makes sense. It's intensely American to be like, no, no, you can play this whole season, but we don't actually care. We're still going to make you do this like trial by fire and and go through like the most stressful <laughs> and semi-unnatural version of your sport for you to win. It's beautiful. Right. And Ryan Blaney was so hot and I'm so glad that he caused that huge crash. That was awesome of him. <laughs> Great. Very cool. The, the other part that is uh, very cool about this is that William Byron is now in the playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. So you day. just – you're, 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 you're in if you win any race. That's right. You can fuck around for the rest of the summer until you get to I, November or no, I guess I, September. This makes me – Yeah, this makes me desperately want – Formula One to implement a playoff with similar rules. Cause can you mm-hmm. imagine a playoff field that's like <laughs> Max and Charles and like Checo, maybe if he gets his shit together. And then like <laughs> Esteban. And Lance Stroll, because it rained <laughs> and one day. Lance Stroll. And Pierre. Right. And and Pierre <laughs> for reasons. Like it would or be podiuming in spa. <laughs> God, I love that. And Yuki for leading a race for eight laps. Right. Like it would just be, but it would be so funny. Like, yeah, I I definitely want that now because there is an opportunity for one absolutely batshit crazy. Like how the fuck did they win that race to happen? Like most seasons, there is at least one where it's just Mm -hmm. like. A bunch of people spit out and just like somebody's power unit fails and a gearbox drops out of somebody's car. And it's just like, oh, guess it's just us now. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Max, instead of successfully cutting off Charles, does a Ross Chastain and takes out both of them. Right. Right. And then, you know, and then Fernando Alonso wins a race. Hooray. I will say... That um, I went, I went into the Netflix series and to this weekend with an open mind, despite the fact that I like look the Ross Chastain wall ride like that was already imprinted in my heart on a in mm-hmm. a way that cannot be undone. Um, but 
I just, Ryan Blady is such a quiet little bitch and I fucking love it. He's so, he's, he's so not aggressive, but also like he is, he is a ball of simmering rage at all times. And I just fucking love that about him. Like he's, he's so snide and he can be so like kind of done with everybody else's shit, but he's going to be real polite about it. Like he's not rude. (laughs) generally he'll just be like "Eh, this fucking guy like it's just like (laughs) i just really really appreciate that vibe from him and i had to i had to admit at a certain point uh that he he is just very much of a type he's the he's sort of the dj lemayhew is he oscar piastri Oscar's uh, Oscar's nicer, mm. I think, but there okay. is a very similar okay. vibe. There is a very there is a definite similarity, though. I see. I see where you're <laughs> getting there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think Oscar may may grow into Ryan Blaney. Mm. Oscar's just like yeah. a little I, too nice, like genuinely right love. now. He's very subtle with his sarcasm still. But like when it gets to the point where he's like a little, a little more done with Lando's shit, I think we'll be there. Dude, I got to say, I'm fucking excited for that. Like, I do think that he will get there because ultimately. Oh, I absolutely think he will. Yeah. Like, I mean, they say it in the, in the opening of, uh, what is this show called that I keep calling the Netflix NASCAR show? It's called Full Speed, Full speed I guess. Speed. Yeah. yeah. So there's a moment. Drive to Waffle show. House. Drive to Waffle House. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all it's ever going to be us. Um, There's a moment in the intro where they say race car drivers are lunatics. You have to be. They're all they're all absolutely lunatics. And I fully agree with that. I feel that in Formula One. Like we've talked about it a million times. You can't be a well-adjusted person and do that. One of them. Every single one of them is insane. And Oscar, I think, has that, like, very Gen Z dry humor. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that Oscar's insane. Like, it is it is partially that he is so calm when he had that, like, simmering beef with Carlos. And there was that yes. time when they, like, almost took each other out. Oh, my and God. And Oscar, oh. Oscar goes, Carlos in the middle of the racetrack. As usual. <laughs> again. Again. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was so – he was like, this is fucking disgusting, this Carlos Sainz bitch. And it was like a moment where I was like, there he is. There's the real Oscar fucking Piastri, man. Yeah. Oh, it's it's there. It's there. Because I think you're right. That, like, you just have to – they, they, they all are. In, in that video where like – Lando is serving the most cunt. Um, yes, yes, yes. And Oscar is just like what is overshadowed by by Lando's extreme Landoness. Oh my is god! How <laughs> Oscar like it was almost serial killery. How yeah, he yeah. is capable of making multiple more than one facial expression. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just has that I one smile. Every, I thought every picture it. was literally the same. Like, it was, I was like, this uh-huh. is, and it literally looks like him being like, it's like school picture day. He's just like. It totally is. It's so funny. I mean, the video was so. It was disturbing. I mean, the video was literally disturbing. I think it was, uh, I can't remember who 
who in our chat sent it to us. It might have been Katie. I think it was Katie. Who sent the video. Um, it, was, it was just that video, but it was a tweet that was captioned like, okay, guys, here's the script. Lando, I want you to serve the dirtiest whore of all time. Oscar, cutie patootie. <laughs> <laughs> like that, those are those are the settings of both like of the vibrators. Ultimate pookie. Ultimate and literally pookie. the video to like caught between <laughs> fucking Lando. Like I literally it's, it's just, literally him tearing his suit open and then no, like and then like smirking and punching the camera. Right. I mean, this is, it was this is incredible. The, the thing with Lando I, right no, now that I, I just sort of can't, my brain has not processed it fully, is the uh, soap opera evil twin facial hair. The soap opera evil twin facial hair. It's what is amazing. Happening? I love it's, it. I, I it's, love it. It's awful, but I kind of love it because it feels so appropriate. Like, it's objectively terrible, but also it's totally him at the same time. Yes. I I gotta say, that, that takes, video, you go, you go. That that takes so much work, too, to, like, maintain <laughs> that level. Like, and I say this as somebody, you've seen me, like, I've been clean shaven and I can't, I will eventually get my life together and get myself together to where I shave regularly. Um to maintain like a certain length of facial hair and with clean cuts right. and, and it's is very like lot. it's it's very like pencil thin mustache kind of style like very complicated he's doing a lot to look like that and and the look is very yeah. like who me lando lando norris <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, just, oh just my me God. The, my goatee. Oh, this old thing. I just woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, but so this is this is the thing. I think this is ties back to Oscar and Lando. I think the thing that Im- uh, it was impressed upon me by the Netflix NASCAR series, Drive to Survive the Waffle House, um, <laughs> is that I appreciate the ones who are like. Slightly aware of the fact that they're sociopaths. Completely. I I appreciate that level of self-awareness. Because the thing is, is that they all are. And they all are kind of assholes. Like, you have to be. To to do that for a living and to get to that level, you've got to be. Like, you can't be a well-adjusted, well-socialized human and do that. So the ones who either are just weird and are fine with it, like Ross Chastain, or who were like, no, I'm kind of a jackass and I don't really care. Like, Ryan Blaney, I think, is in that category. Joey Logano, weirdly, I think is in that category. I, I, kinda I like really him. enjoyed Joey Logano, yeah. I like him. Okay. I wrote down a quote freak, from him as well. But I like him. Yes, I, Honestly, I identified with him so much from when I was covering hockey and like this idea of like because i i you know i didn't have problems with the other people that were on the rangers beat but i didn't want to hang out with them right away from the rink right no i think that's a really that's that's a normal healthy attitude right. right and we have to like we have to act like especially athletes like this have to act like you know i love we we talk about this moment so many times when when Pierre admits that him and Charles are the only two who are actually friends on the grid. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And I think um, it just is such an interesting dynamic. To your point, Britt, I actually think that both Oscar and Lando in very, very different ways have that level of like, yeah, I'm fucking insane. This is who I am. Right. In in totally different ways. But they do Completely both seem to like ways. they they both have this attitude of like, I don't expect you to not I don't want to see I don't want you I don't expect you to like me, kind of. Like I think yeah, and I think it's kind of like and I think but I think for both of them, Lando in a loud way and Oscar in a quiet way, it's right. backed up by this thing that's like I'm the one who gets behind the fucking Formula One car wheel right. every Sunday. Like Right. You want to talk to me? Like, and it's so, you know, I think that there's, um, I mean, okay, there was an amazing moment in the start of Drive to Waffle House where Denny Hamlin is like, I could take a a, a, a hole in one. I don't remember mm-hmm. who he says that like. I I could hit a shot that Michael Jordan couldn't hit. Yes. He says I, I, could, could, hit a, I could like hit a hole in one that Phil Mickelson couldn't couldn't hit i could take a three-point shot that you know that michael jordan couldn't hit but nobody can come out here and drive a lap faster than me and i loved this because one it's a fucking insane thing to say like uh, that's an insane thing to say about it is an ins- <laughs> it's an insane thing to say and i don't particularly like denny hamlin but i the funny thing is that he's right and not in the way he's, that he he's thinks. Right. Well, no, right. It's this thing where it's like That's classic was, heel shit. That is the most classic heel shit is speaking the truth, but not for the reason you think you are. Right. Well, and, and, right. and the thing is, is like I both believe I, I understand what he's saying, and also I'm like, it's not right, it's not right, you know? <laughs> like that's that's not it. But yeah, on some level, I'm like, no, it's that that is a very distinct thing with race cars where it's like nobody on earth can be as good at this as you are. Well, and I, I do wonder, God, we talk about like the, the uh, existential reality of death vis-a-vis motor racing a lot. But um, I, I, but I do think that a certain amount of it is the fact that like they know getting into that car at any given point, this might be the last time I do this because I might put it yeah. into a wall and that'll be it. I say this, I drove about 200, 220 miles today from New York to Massachusetts. And um, I think Denny Hamlin's wrong. I think I could get behind the wheel of a, of a NASCAR and uh, and crash it within the first six laps, which is what they did tonight. So there, see, I there, you, go. there so you go. Real. I was immediately like, hmm, I don't know. I could maybe do it. <laughs> this, this is this is where I think I could drive real fast. I believe in myself to drive right. real fast and crash real fast. This is where I think that he is right. This is where I think that he is technically right, but again, like not in the way he thinks he is. There's a lot less. You can't like sort of dumb luck your way into a lap that is going to be faster than Denny Hamlin, right? Whereas, and there can be luck in a great shot of golf, right? Exactly. There are people who are not even (laughs) remotely professional golfers who have hit hole in ones because just like. The wind was blowing Mm -hmm. and God smiled on them that day. Like just, and, and like, you know, the, the guy, the people that they have like take half court shots for 
$20,000 between, you know, halftime during a game or whatever. Like, that is all a thing in, in sports. So, like, he is correct in that, you know, monkeys the typewriters writing Shakespeare kind of uh, mm-hmm. with enough tries he's and also, enough chaos. He's also been very selective. Because right. he did not say that he could go out and tackle Patrick Mahomes. Right. He didn't I mean, say he correct. could hit a home run. He didn't say he could, yeah. He didn't say he could kick a field goal. He didn't, like, it was, yeah, it was a very sort of purposefully selective, which is absolutely, it's the perfect heel shit where it's like, yeah, you're right, well, but, like, not not the way you mean. And I think that something that might be illuminating in what he's saying and the reason that, that he's right is that they play defense in NASCAR. Not yeah. necessarily in the way that you think, but he could not hit, Denny Hamlin could not hit a three-pointer in an NBA game because that shit would be in the eighth row after <laughs> an actual NBA player no swatted the shit out of it. Right, right. 100%. Like, that's that's the big difference. I can drive real fast. I can't drive real fast with Ross Chastain and four, 40 other guys oh trying my God. to keep me from getting to the line ahead of them. Right. Well, it was so – I mean, it, it's so thrilling to watch them in that moment. And that's exactly kind of what I thought is like – I was like, I could do that. And then I was like, no, I would – immediately crumble under the pressure of these cars right. like it, it's terrifying like imagine being stuck in the fucking middle of that and somebody loses it on like the outside line like it's just yeah, I it's don't like being in the middle lane on 95 exactly right. so just to double back to joey here's here's the, the second to last note that i wrote uh which just says joey quote i'm pissed off if that's my emotions <laughs> After the crash, after the crash Uh, in an interview, they go, so what are your emotions right now after that? And he goes, well, I'm pissed off if that's my emotions. I love that you had back to back. They they asked Ryan the same thing. And Ryan's like, I'm frustrated. (laughs) In this very like, what what the fuck do you think I'm going to say? Like (laughs) trying to be polite, but also like, why are you talking to me? That's when he goes, shame we tore up a couple of race cars, but we'll be back next week. Yeah. And then immediately they go to Joey, asking the same thing, and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. It's it's just, it's like minute differences of like how socially acceptable can you come up with this answer while you're really irritated by the whole situation. (laughs) Where it's like, Ryan Blaney is like two steps more more polished in that regard than Joey Logano, but they're very much operating at the same level of like, you're all pissing me off. You're all irritating me. I don't want to deal with this right now. Like, <laughs> Or is it that Ryan Blaney is the reigning champion and therefore has to give a fuck just that little bit more than Joey Logano has to give a fuck because he does not. Yeah. Yeah. That's also, there's a, an element of that for sure. So the very last I- note that I wrote, which is a quote that the broadcasters were quoting someone else saying, and they didn't catch who it was. But they said, you know, so-and-so was right when when he said, it's a lot of fun, well, it sucks. <laughs> and I, I just thought that. that that captures my motorsport experience yeah. in 
such a succinct and perfect fashion. Like, it's just so – it was just so exactly how it feels every single Sunday when the lights go out and away we go. Right. And it's so much fucking fun until it sucks. And it happens – and it's every time. Uh, delightfully, that was Joe Logano who said that. I just had to look it up. It was. It That's was Joe so Logano. delightful. <laughs> It's a lot of fun until it sucks. Like, I was like, that's the Ferrari yeah, experience. It's, that is it's so much fun until it sucks. And it just felt so – it resonated so perfectly. Oh, a lot of fun until it sucks. I feel, I feel like everybody kind of loves Ryan Blaney regardless um, of kind of what, what stripe and walk of life you're, you're coming from. But I, I do love that we've, um, we've hit upon with Joey Logano and Ross Chastain. Um, Two of the dudes who get booed um, the most. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that for us. Yeah. I do. Yes, that, feels, do. that feels very on brand somehow. My favorite kind of guy. <laughs> and we haven't talked about Bubba Wallace yet. Um, yeah. Disappointing yeah. race tonight because kind of... he ran out of gas. Um, he was up there top five for a while. But yeah, like, he had, yeah. There was, it, was, it was almost happening for a minute there and then – yeah. Well. Well, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he will be a great character in our beautiful NASCAR story. Love it. We will have that, and we will have uh, F1 testing this week. I don't really know ah! what that. Means. Well, yeah. it's going to tell us if um, it's going to tell us if uh, everyone copying fucking Adrian Newey's car last year, while Adrian Newey decided he would just fix the fucking Mercedes. And throw out a brand new Red Bull with the exact same livery if he did it again. And I don't know if you guys have seen that video that got leaked of that Red Bull running in the fucking rain, looking like a rocket ship. And it is so scary and it looks so fucking fast. Now, So see, that's what we're going to find out. Yeah. My whole attitude with Red Bull is just very mm-hmm. like I pretend I do not see it. Like I don't – nope. I don't 100%. need to engage with any of that. They will, they will ruin like, my weekend often enough. They don't, we don't need to do it preemptively. I pretend I do not see it. Well, no. I don't even think we've talked since we saw the Ferrari, which solved all my problems in life. It was perfect. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then it's Ferrari carbon fiber. It's not carbon fiber. It's red. And it's really cute. <laughs> Genuinely, it's so cute. Yeah. And then oh, immediately, oh, fucking Ferrari, immediately, Ferrari, Ferrari. Ferrari posts a video of a bad fucking pit stop and says, Poetry in motion. And it was so bad and so maligned that they deleted it, reposted another pit stop and said, admin was distracted. Here's the right pit stop. And I was just like, this is such a bad, this is such a bad omen. This is such a bad omen. I, I will say though, having, having worked in, in marketing and done social media and stuff, I 100% believe that's absolutely what happened. That... In the I love wrong them. File got selected. Yes, yeah, I love them for saying it. The wrong file. One and I'm also just like, it's a bad omen. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's extremely it's good. No, it's extremely Ferrari, regardless of what it's the actual exactly situation Ferrari. is. Like, I believe their explanation. It's just also like very. 
like this is how we're going to do this like this is going to be yeah how many pit stops are we going to be this year no exactly i'm like it actually i'm like sure of course whatever (laughs) you selected the wrong file what's much more concerning to me is that was the pit stop that was a four second pit stop Stop. I saw Ferrari do all year was four seconds long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, At a certain point, it it doesn't matter whether or not Austin Sindrick got loose and spun into him. Ross Chastain still Ross Chastain himself tonight. Yeah. Well, we I him, do. I do want to just close Ferrari. Oh, Ferrari themselves. No, but Ferrari Ferrari no. themselves. No, that was the moment where I was like, "This is our lives." Is it? Let's go Mets, baby! Let's go Mets, baby! No, I. So I do just feel that we should end on. I can't believe we didn't bring this up earlier. I think this would be a crime to not bring up. Did you guys see what? I don't know who this guy is, but I saw this from over the weekend, and it is perfect. Did you guys see the viral quote given by Andy Jankowiak when he was running in fourth place earlier this weekend? He's a man. Yes, I was watching that live when it happened. It was beautiful. He Go says, ahead. I'm just going to put my foot on the floor and I'm not lifting until I see God or a checkered flag. You know what? No, retire, retire the Stars and Stripes. I just want that on a flag. That's it. That That's the American experience right there. Literally, it gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was in that crash uh, that I was talking about before with Gustine wiping out his teammate. He got caught up right behind that. That dude oh. was so awesome. He was like talking about how he this was like such an eye opening weekend for me, too. And I, I want to say this before we get out of here, too, is this guy, Andy, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know his last name. It is a lot of consonants. But like hearing about how like he sold pizza and like delivered pizza to so finance his entry into ARCA and like that makes me all the more upset that like this air conditioning fail son um everybody and like screwed up this pizza delivery guy's car um the personalities that come through before like in in the ARCA and in the trucks the trucks are so much fun uh because they're good but they're not that good they're they're gonna make mistakes like it's it's that's college football for me yeah it's like yeah this is this is really cool you're doing a thing that's like it's almost at that top level but also People are going to make mistakes, so you're not going to see, like, the by the book same way. Like, there's more room for creativity and character in it. And and I really right. enjoyed uh, the truck race and the ARCA race because that was just so, so much. Um, and it's a, it's a more diverse crowd, too. And hopefully that starts to, you know, eventually filter its way up toward the Cup Series. You know, I'm just, I'm just having this realization. <clears throat> My my boyfriend is a huge soccer fan, and there I always tease him about how he will watch literally like the Dutch leagues, like fourth <laughs> tier soccer. 
And I'm always just like, you are a nut. Like, it's so like, you don't watch anything. I'll be like, what are you up to? And he's like, I'm watching like lower tier Italian. I'm watching like, you know, Seri Dar, whatever like the low level of Italian soccer is. And I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I think it's very sweet of him. I love that he loves it so much. But I always tease him for that. I'm like, yeah, I get home and he's watching Finnish lower league soccer, whatever. And I'm just having this realization in this moment. That I am so close to watching fucking NASCAR trucks, and I have officially no room to, to talk. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, look. Uh, if you want even less room to talk, college baseball started this weekend. So there is ample we opportunity will. for um, chaotic, sometimes good, sometimes not good. Baseball. I'll, you- I'll take this opportunity at the end of our hour and a half long auto racing show to ask you this bit of co- podcast business for the future. Do you want to do a college baseball episode at some point? I will absolutely do a college baseball episode, whatever we want. Fabulous. Awesome. I need to learn. I need to learn about it. Are yeah, they still playing things? Is it still ping ball or are they wood bats now? Still metal. Or is it a mix? Still metal. Oh, okay. love that. You know, Keeping the it Cape is... League in business. <laughs> Thank goodness. I you think really, did I see can... people using wood bats in college in recent years? Is is that something that I've just Mandela affected? I think they I think some people can or have or they've done some experiments for it. Um Well, we'll figure that out as we get closer to we'll have our college um, baseball season day. that has already begun. That's yeah. what I'm that is what you just said. We get closer to the season that started this weekend. Well, so well, it, important to remember though that like with college football, the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. are like non-conference kind of semi-warm up games. So I I did see that a guy from Iowa had like 11 strikeouts, but also six walks and threw more than a hundred pitches in less than five innings. Correct. So, that is, that is the college baseball experience right there. I love that. Yeah. I just have to say this whole conversation is really making me feel spring sports is it's coming. It's, it it's feeling so it's, alive. It's so close. And Jesse, I remember you saying, uh, when we were talking kind of about the the winter of sports a few weeks ago, you said, you know, suddenly one day the Daytona 500 is on a random Sunday in February and mm-hmm. it's just a sign. It's just the sun starting to rise. And I, I felt it and it made me so – it was so exciting to have a big, fun motorsports event and I, I – We've got one more Sunday without Formula One. Well, actually, the Sunday after that doesn't have Formula One because the first race is on Saturday for some reason. But we have like one week and then we get to see Formula One cars racing each other. And I'm so excited and we're getting tennis back and we're like starting to really get – we're going to get March Madness and we're going to get NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. It's just such a great time of year and I'm just – and obviously baseball – and I'm just so excited. It feels so good to be here. Yeah. Before we go, how are we feeling about baseball? Let's uh, let's get this out now. How we feel about our teams at, at the dawn of the season, and then you know we can what? go out on that. Really. So actually, yeah. 
Pablo Sandoval came back today. You can't say bad things about the Giants. I was just for- going to say. Like, Man. look, my, my, my expectations for both of my teams were low going in. I was like, you're, you know, you didn't fucking sign enough pitching and you're still going to try. Like, what mm-hmm. are you fucking doing? And then camp started and I am just like, like a giddy schoolgirl going through Twitter and Instagram. Just like, oh my God, they're all alive. I'm like, it's like a random picture of Garrett Cole <laughs> and DJ LeMahieu talking. And I'm just like, my children. Like, I'm Yay! so, I just... All, all of all of the like low level gripes that I've developed <laughs> over the course of the winter like melt away so rapidly when they're just like they're answering silly questions on their way in and like suddenly like Juan Soto's a Yankee. Pablo Sandoval came back for reasons just cause. Wait, like wait, I forgot that Juan Soto's a Yankee and I'm mad again. Sure <laughs> it is. He sure fucking is. That's fun for me. And they're already uh, talking about not re-signing him. It's great. Right. Like, I whatever, mean, that's the whatever. purest mark of being a Yankee. <laughs> fucking Cashman. Um, but yeah, like Pablo Sandoval came back. The Giants signed Jorge Soler because cool. Mm-hmm. Nobody has hit 30 home runs on that team since uh, I was not a legal adult, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's fun. And... What? Wait. Well, no, I guess I would have been, I was in my 20s, but it was still like, it's been a long fucking time. No hitter or no right-handed hitter? No hitter has hit 30 home runs in a season for the Giants since like 2007. It's genuinely ridiculous. Yeah, they didn't. Because Buster didn't. Nope, Buster never did. Oh, 2004 was the last time a player hit at least 30 home runs in a single season in a Giants uniform. So I could legally drink, but just barely. <laughs> so yeah, so they signed Barry Bonds. Was it? Yes. Oh, they yes. have had. It was literally it Barry Bonds. Literally Barry Bonds, Jesse. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They haven't had anybody hit 30 home runs since. They Barry have Bond. not. They've no, that's world championships insane. in the meantime, and had another season where they won a hundred and eleventy games. Uh huh. That's insane. They now in in their mild defense, they did that mainly by having a shit ton of guys who hit like twenty twenty five. Um. Yeah. And Brandon Belt would have yeah, hit thirty probably in a park. Right. And Brandon Belt would have hit 30 probably, except that some fucking Colorado Rocky hit him and broke his hand like the second to last week of the season in 2021. So, you know, like there's there are some slight extended 20 years. It yeah. That's crazy. It it sure fucking is. So we'll see whether Jorge Soler breaks that drought. Oh. They have also he might not. That now. He might not. I would but love we'll to see that for you. Um, in in other, I can't believe this is true news, though. The Giants have also not had the same person start in left field on opening day for in back-to-back years since around the same time. Sometime in the early. Oh, that's wow. really Yankee there. The Yankees had a streak like that. For, yeah. And they were winning championships, too. That was like the dynasty years. That was like the one position they couldn't fill it was left field. It would be like child molester one year. <laughs> 
I can't think of who else. And also because they'd al- they'd always oh, be sure. like Brett Gardner's definitely not going to start here this year, and then Brett Gardner would definitely start there, like the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be like opening day, not Brett Gardner, right? Uh, and rest- then 157 then games the rest of that season for Brett Gardner. <laughs> I can get I behind. Need- Jesse, I was I was gonna tell you to go first. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think either one of us really wants to talk about the Mets, do we? <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go first, and here's what I'll say. I'm excited for Kodai Senga's second season. I'm and Pete for Kodai Senga's second season. And... That's fun. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I am excited because we talked about this during during the week. Jeff McNeil finally got his car from Francisco Lindor for winning the batting title in 2022. Nothing but respect for my batting title champion. <gasps> oh my and god! I think that low key Francisco Lindor not getting Jeff McNeil his car was part of the bad vibes last year for the Mets, I and I think fully that, is, that. that is fixed now. And despite the fact that they are not nearly as talented a team as they were a year ago on paper, nor are they nearly as talented a team as Atlanta is right now or the Phillies are right now and the Phillies like went ahead and signed Whit Merrifield anyway and like I I understand that like there's an organizational thing for the Mets of like oh it's really more you know get shit together and you know see what you can get out of this farm you know you, you rebuilt the farm last year you might as well like build a young core and do things sustainably and blah 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 blah, blah. fucking sign Matt Chapman you haven't even been mentioned. I don't want to see Mark Fientos play third base. I don't think that he can actually hit major league pitching. Go get fucking Matt Chapman with your millions of dollars. I completely agree. And and here's what I'll say. I did a little, you know, silly little ins and outs list for the t- for the new year. And on mm. my ins list, I put a Zen relationship with the New York Mets. And I, I feel that setting <laughs> I feel that setting that intention at the start of the year, I, I genuinely feel energetically pretty zen about the Mets in a very strange way. And I'm like watching the videos of them doing the thing where they're all asked a silly question when they go into camp. And every single time I'm like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> like I, I'm literally like, who are these guys? Like, it's so – you know, I'm obviously exaggerating. I I know several of them, but every single time I'm like, "Who's that?" Like it's just, it's like so truly random, and and I completely agree that it's like they've done nothing. They've done nothing, and I I kind of am like, I don't know. It's like I feel like they kind of did this to themselves, and so I can't feel that mad when they're going to be bad. And not kind of. They did this to themselves or the Mets. But I do feel this strange openness to enjoying the team. And I think it's because there's these random dudes that I'm like, you know, some something funny is going to happen. Like somebody's going to be a breakout lovable star of this team and it's going to be like fun to see a random dude become our guy. And there's yeah. going to be like – weird moments and flashes of greatness and like and this is you know I I I in in a lot of ways I'm better at being this kind of Mets fan where it's like 
I know they're I know they're bad. And yet every night I want to tune in and watch them be the Mets. I right. I don't think they're bad. I think they're <laughs> not good. But I think that you don't have to be good to get to the playoffs in baseball anymore. That is you can also just be probably fair. Kind of true, yeah. That's probably fair. Because you've got half the teams feel... you've got half the teams in the league who are actively not trying. Like not even sort I think of I trying. Just feel... I think I just feel like it just generally... sucks that there's two teams in their division that really are trying. Yeah, right. that, that's I, hard I think for the Mets. Kind of I think in my mind they're not going to the playoffs. Like I think I just in, in my head I'm like, this is not a playoff team. And I think that's part of why I'm like Sure. Let's fucking see what happens. If they can pull it off, that will be so exciting. <laughs> if, the, if these Mets play in a wild card game, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that would be the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> you know what? Green, white, checker. Uh, those things... Things happen, right? Can you guys so... imagine... Can you guys imagine... If fucking Charles pulls it off somehow and like becomes the driver's champion and these Mets go to the playoffs. <laughs> I would be concerned that that would actually like portend the end of the universe <laughs> or something if both of those things it's, happen. It would be like it would be like 2016 Cubs. I will Cubs. think that I am yeah. already actively dead if that is something that is occurring. <laughs> I can't genuinely be alive. I genuinely think that, like, I would emotionally handle Charles becoming the world driver's champion so poorly. Like, oh, I don't think I would so be badly. able to, like, to be in, like, a race between him and Max. No. If, can no. you imagine if it fucking, like, came, if it came down, like, Hamilton for Stappen's style? I think I would, I think I would, like, disintegrate. No, yeah, I would, I would need to, like, take some time off work um, and sit in a quiet room. And probably have a lot of benzos on hand to survive that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, I love sports. 